Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. For those who don't know me, my name is Alicia, and I get the privilege of doing the speaking today, which I love. I love uh, being here with you and sharing the Word of God. So um, this morning, we're going to continue our series, which has been on what's important to us. So we're going to be talking about some of the values of C3. And this morning, I want to talk to you about authenticity. Authenticity. Uh, so we are going to explore that together. Is everyone excited about that? It's going to be really good. I'm setting myself up for failure, but it's going to be great. So what is authenticity? What is it? Being genuine? I love these definitions. The degree to which an individual's actions are congruent with their beliefs and desires. So the, the extent to which your beliefs and desires equal the way you act. An emotionally appropriate, significant, purposeful and responsible mode of human life. How good is that definition? Did you get that one? An emotionally appropriate, significant, purposeful and responsible mode of human life. Wouldn't that be great if that was what was said at your funeral? You were so authentic that that's, that's the thing. Anyway, I like to say authenticity is not fake. Amen? Amen. <laughs> it's not fake. So this morning we're going to uh, explore what that actually means. And we say... Uh, a lot of the time in this church, and if you're relatively new to this church, we say all the time, we're here to walk the journey with people. So we're not here to be a group of fake people pretending we're perfect. We're here to walk real life journeys with each and every one of us. And it doesn't matter where you come from, where you're headed, what's happened, what hasn't happened. Your journey is just as important and just as truthful as anybody else's. So why don't you come with me, if you've got your Bibles, to Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to read from um, the first verse of Matthew 15. So, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. And they asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. So the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law was the Jewish law. And they had rules and traditions including a ceremonial washing of hands before you eat. Which the disciples apparently ignored. And Jesus replied, and why do you? <laughs> you ever ask God a question and then you go, God, why did you do that? And he turns around and says, and why did you? Quite a strong question, don't you think? Quite a strong question of retort. And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honour your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. That's a pretty strong law. I'm not sure many people would be alive in my household, boys. <laughs> Anywho... But you say it is all right... For people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honour their parents. 
And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So here's Jesus calling out the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. He's calling out the religious people for a disconnect between what comes out of their mouth, the way they acted and what they pretended to believe and what their internal values were. There was a lack of congruence between what they were saying and what it actually meant in practice. And he was exposing them for it. He was exposing them for a lack of authenticity. And he was highlighting that the substance of our actions reveals the true extent of our obedience. Our actions show our true heart towards God and towards others, not what we say. And he calls them a pretty strong name. He calls them a hypocrite. Hypocrisy refers to the act of claiming to believe something but acting in a different manner. And in the Bible, the word hypocrite or hypocrisy comes from the core word which actually means actor. It means you are acting. You are wearing a mask. And somebody who is pretending to be something that they're not. Now, I don't know about you, but I really don't like hypocrites. <laughs> Am I just being honest? Is that just me? But I also know that deep down, if we're all really honest, we love a fake. We love to fake. Fake it till you make it. I'm pretty good at that. I'm a consultant. <laughs> Whenever we walk into a business meeting, we make sure we let them know that we know exactly what we're talking about and we'll figure the rest out later. And I know that as I was sitting there thinking about hypocrisy, I was thinking about our um, trip in July to Bali. So in July, my family and I went to Bali with some gorgeous friends, Scott and Alison Greenwood. Anyway, so our boys hadn't really been outside of the country before, let alone to an Asian country. So we thought we would get them in the van and we would take them out to the markets. Well, did we think the shopping in the Cooter markets was top-notch? Our boys said yes. Particularly Henry, and I think I've got a photo up here. This is Henry realising that Ray-Bans were $2.50 and Nike T-shirts were around about $4. To which case, this fine gentleman here in his uh, legitimate, as, uh, what are they, Adidas slides, started decking Henry out with like, son, you need this and you need a new hat and you need a new T-shirt. And Henry was like, this is awesome. Look at all this stuff. And we had to explain to him the concept of fake. So to the next slide, to the next slide, this was lunch. Alison and I went out for this beautiful lunch and that is hashtag no filter needed. That was literally the picture from our table. And you can see there the beautiful uh, sea in the background through the palm trees. And Alison and I sat up there to our beautiful lunch. And down the bottom, outside of the window, 
was a pool and a really funky kind of top-notch hangout space for all the cool people visiting Bali. Now that include, much to our absolute amusement, some influencers, some Instagram influencers, who while Alison and I were thoroughly enjoying our five-course lunch and our beautiful scenery, they sat there at least for the same amount of time taking pictures of themselves in lots of different fish poses, <laughs> trying to get the perfect snap of what took me two seconds. So we watched this and we said, that's interesting. We're both experiencing exactly the same thing, but they're creating something that we're not. Make sense? So anyway, next shot. Look at that. Isn't he handsome? That's my husband, Mark, for those of you who don't know us. So we went for a day trip up to the rice paddies and you know, we started taking photos and we were, you know, like I look young and healthy there. I look like I'm having a beautiful time. The sun's shining. We had more photos beside the pool. Um, actually, my worst moment beside the pool was the people beside us thought that I was Scott Greenwood's sister. That, that was scarring. That wasn't good. Um, but other than that, it was great. So we took all these beautiful pictures. But the reality of my Bali holiday was actually that just prior to me leaving, I had snapped my Achilles tendon. And to go to Bali, I was in a moon boot. So I'd said to the surgeon, so I'm going to Bali, uh, the boot's going to wreck my tan, any chance I could be out of the boot by the time I go? And the surgeon said, no, you'll be in a boot. So while our photos look like this, this next one was actually my reality. That's the reality of my Bali trip. So my reality was I turned up to this beautiful resort. It was uh, tiles on the... Excuse me, I didn't say, like, zoom in. <laughs> I turned up and there were these polished tiles everywhere which, and it was um, humid and so there was um, this sort of film of, of moisture on the tiles. I fell twice on the concrete. Yeah, I know... <laughs> in the first 24 hours of me being there, splat. Like, it was very glamorous. Um, so I'm on crutches, I've got a moon boot. Um, mind you, you get through customs really quickly if you're in a wheelchair. Just a tip, if you ever go to Bali, one of the scariest airports in the world, through Tempesta Airport, get yourself in a wheelchair and vroom, straight through. Anyway, so guess what? Alicia got put in a wheelchair for the rest of her Bali holiday. And I don't know if you can tell, but there were sort of these pavers and lots of cobblestones. And so the boys thought it was hilarious that they would wheel me around Bali <laughs> the entire time. Scott was actually banned from going anywhere near me. He was not allowed to push me. And then they went shopping, left me outside the door. That's me outside the door because I couldn't get into the shops. You can see that writing on the bottom. That's the writing on the door of the shop while Alison laughed at me while she shopped inside and took a picture of me. This is her shopping after shopping while she asked me to carry it on the wheelchair. <laughs> so here we were in Bali. That's my reality. But what you saw was something different. And here were the influencers putting up their stunning photos of the beachside pool in Bali. Then I'm reading the newspaper. The next one, 
This was in The Australian the other weekend. The influencer phenomenon is waning as brands pursue more authenticity. So the influencers, we're getting sick of them because our natural human instinct is to challenge something that we see as fake. And we don't like that which is fake. So where our external actions and the external projection of our lives, our words and our contributions don't match the inside, somebody picks it. And it needs to be authentic. The way we project our lives towards others needs to be an authentic reflection of our own beliefs and our values. So in Matthew 6, it says this, it says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Other versions say, don't do things so that other people see you. For you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do it, blowing their trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. In both of these scriptures in Matthew, Jesus is calling out your motive. What's your real motive for showing everyone all the great things you're doing? What's your real motive for posting how you helped someone? And Proverbs says it like this. This is, a, this is one of the best scriptures I've read for a couple of months. There's lots of good ones, but this one in Proverbs is magnificent. Smooth talk, I think you've got that one here, have you, Silas? Smooth talk can hide a corrupt heart, just like a pretty glaze covers a cheap clay pot. Kind words can be a cover to conceal hatred of others, for hypocrisy loves to hide behind flattery. Wowzers. If you wanted to be punched in the guts, welcome to C3 Hobart. (laughs) What a great picture that a glaze, a coloured glaze can cover a cheap clay pot. But what I've learned is when our external reflection and our actions don't line up with internally what's going on or our internal beliefs and values, we live in a tension. There's a natural tension that happens when we're trying to be somebody that we're not. And here's what I mean. If I'm being authentic and pretending to be someone I'm not, I have to work really hard at it. Have you ever noticed that? If you're ever put in a situation where you need to be somebody that you're not, it's really hard. First, you need to look around you and try and suss out everybody else in that situation. You have to watch them. You have to work out what they do. You have to work out what they look like. You have to do everything you can to make sure that you can keep up with the people around you. But inside, you're feeling unworthy, you're lacking confidence, and you definitely think you're not good enough to be there. So in that situation where you live in this tension within yourself, what happens is that we start criticising and judging other people. Because I have to spend so much time watching what everybody else is doing and watching what needs to happen, I'm living with an internal tension and I project that tension back on them. Why do I have to keep up with you? Look at you, you're not that good. 
and we start criticising and becoming judgmental because you're mad at having to live with the tension of that lack of congruence within yourself. So our external authenticity actually stems from an internal authenticity. Everything that comes out of here, the Bible says that everything that comes out of your mouth is actually an overflow of what you've stored in your heart. So whatever you're projecting or whatever you're acting, whatever you are putting out there is actually a reflection of the authenticity on the inside, how honest you're being with yourself. Matthew 7 tells us to watch how we treat other people, how we judge and criticise other people because what's happening there is he says, how could you even judge or criticise someone else and the speck of sawdust that's sitting in their eye when you've got a plank of wood sticking out of the side of your eye? And then it says, first deal with yourself before you start dealing with other people. Acknowledge your own blind spots and then you can help someone else spot their blind spots. Romans 12.3 puts it this way. And I think we've got that one up there as well. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. So an honest evaluation of yourself, the Bible teaches us, is one of the most powerful tools to becoming authentic. When we all start competing, all the hiding, all the judgment of others, all the stress of keeping up, everything, all the tensions fall to the ground as we just examine ourselves before God. One of the most powerful things I can do is examine myself, my motives and my actions when I'm in a particular situation. Why did I respond like that? So when we have conflict, when we have a situation that's caused us stress or pain, one of the most powerful questions we can ask ourselves is not why did they do that or not why is this situation occurring, but why did I respond to the situation the way I did? To examine ourselves and the motives of our own heart in those situations. And here's the thing. God knows everything about you anyway. Psalm 69.5 says, God, my life is an open book to you. You know every sin I've ever done, for nothing within me is hidden from your sight. So here we are as people, and I don't, you can sit there this morning and pretend that you don't fake it. <laughs> you do. I promise all of us, that at some point we live in a tension between what's really going on on the inside and what's coming on at the outside. I promise you at some point in your life you will live in the tension of being inauthentic. And God's word is teaching us that if you take the time to examine yourself and your own motives, God knows what's going on for you anyway. But by us turning to him and saying, God, take a look at this mess. <laughs> Take a look at what's really going on in me. 
is the most powerful tool you can have in being authentic. For me, authenticity is starting from a place of honesty before God and finishing with an unmovable understanding of his grace. Can I have the musicians, please? What do I mean by that? So in my life, I grew up in church, and I think the word hypocrite in my teenage life came out of my mouth hundreds of times when I referred to my church. Oh, they're all a bunch of hypocrites, because teenagers know a fair bit. Just, so, just in case you're not aware, the, most, the wisest people here are up the front. Right? I knew a lot when I was a teenager and I decided that I was going to church and being told about all these incredible things that I should be doing, the person I should be, what God expects from me. And I was looking at all these people going, hang on a sec, they're not perfect. Look at that, look at that, look at that. Remember that judgment thing that comes out when there's an internal tension in our own inauthenticity? You're all hypocrites. And yet, as my journey went along, I stuffed some things up in my life pretty badly. I walked away from church at the same time. And as I began to come back, I sat in a seat in C3 one morning and God began to talk to me about me exactly where I was at at that time. He said, Alicia, I know about that. And I know about that. And I know about that. And I still love you. And so I started on that morning going through a process of saying, I don't want to live in the tension anymore of who I'm pretending to be on some days, but who I actually am on other days. I don't want to live in that tension anymore. So I began to talk to God and just say, you know what, God, you're right. That is exactly who I am. It's exactly what I've done. It's exactly what I think. And this is exactly what I'm struggling with. He said, I know all that and I love you anyway. And this is the amazing thing. When God's grace comes into your life, you will have this unmovable sense of who he is because he caught the whole of you. He didn't catch the part of you that was good. He didn't wait till you started to sort it out. He didn't sort of say, right, you know, Alicia, get all this in line, sort all this stuff out, start behaving in this kind of way. He just caught the whole lot of me. And in Romans Five. It says, God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. And as people sinned more and more, God's grace became more and more abundant. When we become honest before God about what's going on for ourselves, His grace becomes even bigger. And so... Now, in my Christian walk, I'm not trying to get up here and tell you that I'm perfect. In fact, far from it. And if you hang around me long enough, possibly five minutes, you'll work that out pretty quickly. 
right? You get me here the same as there, the same as work, the same as anywhere, because I'm not trying to be anybody that I'm not anymore. Had enough in my 40s, nailed it. I'm not trying anymore because I know that as God changes my life from glory to glory, as God changes me and I'm authentically open to Him to point things out in my life, to make progress in my own life, His grace covers me more and more and more. And it's by God's grace that we do what we do in church. It's by God's grace that all of us are sitting here. It's by God's grace that we can raise our hands in worship. It's by God's grace that we can say, God, thank you. It's by His grace that we even get to come before God and pray to Him. It's got nothing to do with me trying to fake my way into heaven. And so now my life, as much as I can, is an authentic journey of faith within me and with you. And I can extend grace to other people in walking their journeys. I can let them walk their journeys. Their journey is going to be full of victories, full of struggles. That's okay. It's okay. It's part of sharing this journey together. You can be your full self. Inside, outside, church, school, work, with your families, with your friends, with people you don't know. Exactly who God intended you to be. Came up on an older call once at church. And this beautiful woman came up to me. She said, I have a word from God for you, Alicia. And I was ready. You know those, moments, you know those mornings where you're ready for a profound word from God? <laughs> that was my morning. I was up on the altar call. I was ready for a profound word. She comes up to me and she goes, God thinks you're funny. At which point I dropped my arms, opened my eyes. I'm like, what? She said, I don't know why I need to tell you that this morning, but God thinks you're funny. I'm looking at her like, what are you talking about? Like, I need something profound this morning. I need to, thus say the Lord, rise up, woman of faith. God thinks you're funny. Okay, never forgot it. You know why? Because God created me to be exactly me all the colours of me. And some people think I'm funny and some people think I'm really annoying. That's okay too. But God actually designed you to be the full you, exactly how you are, the best part of you. And part of our journey of authenticity is allowing God to rub out the bits that don't work for you and to explode into the colour, the bit that He intended for you. And that's authentic, is to be able to walk that journey in real language, in real time, before God and before others, mistakes and all. And that's what we value at this church. We value you, we value your journey, and we want 
God to touch you in a real way. There's one scripture I want to share with you from Psalm 139. And this is my prayer for all of us this morning. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak even before I start a sentence. The end of Psalm 139 says this, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares and see if there is any path of pain that I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. Let's just stand up this morning. I'm going to invite us all to worship just one song with Stevie and the team this morning. And we've got heaps of time. And my invitation to you this morning is to have an authentic moment with God. Have an authentic worship moment. It says in the Bible that we worship in spirit and in truth. The truth of who God is, the truth of who Jesus is, but also the truth of where we're at. And to worship in that place. And I want us just to take five minutes of worshipping God and just let Him in to search your heart. Just you and Him. We're not faking it. We're not doing this to show anybody else. You can do it in any way you want. You can come to the front. You can stay where you are. But I want it to be an authentic, not fake interaction with your Heavenly Father this morning as we sing this song together. And my prayer is that in that exchange, there'll be a path that leads back to God. Thanks, Stevie. Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.